This is Baby Boomer Tales. Coming down Red Dirt Hill, I spy town, I spy my town. At night I see the lights, during the day I see the valley open up, and you can tell there's something down there. Going by Bud and Helen's ranch, on the right there, there's old haystacks. They would put those haystacks together with horses. It's fascinating watching them. The horses would pull and they'd pull a thing up, pushing that hay clear up in the air, and then the hay falls down and creates that stack. Trucking down the highway 60 miles an hour, getting closer to town. Now I'm on Lookout Hill. You turn a little to the left, you go down the hill, and you're approaching the town, crossing bridges, crossing the river. Then you're up over the viaduct. And on your right, over there is Larry's home. You can tell by all the dump trucks and stuff. And after you're off the viaduct, there's the wide part of the road where four roads all come together. And you can make a U-E there. And turn around and go back through town again. On the left is the standard and on the right is Rex's 66 and later it's the beanery. The speed limit's 30 so be careful you don't go too fast. Past the 66 on your right there's the old yellow house with the old lady that lives there. Later the house will go away and a 7-Eleven will be built there. On the left is the Mini Mall, and on the right's Jack Sinclair. On the left's the hotel and the show, and on the right is Monkle's Gamble Store and the dry cleaners. And on the left by the show is the new variety store. I hope you're not straining your neck going from the left to the right. I'll try to slow down a little so you can catch all the sights. And on the right's the Town Crier Restaurant. Later it'd be renamed the Columbine Cafe. And on the left's the Thunderbird Motel. And on the right is my grandpa's pool hall. Later it'd be a dress shop. And the old hotel that I spoke about. And that dress shop would take over that whole space eventually. And on the left is the barber shop with the one-armed barber and his wife named Goldie. And on the right, exactly across the street, is my uncle's barber shop. And I would sit in my uncle's barber shop, and I'd look over at that other barber shop and wonder what it'd be like to have my hair cut by a guy with only one arm. It was a huge mystery to me, and one I never explored. To the left is the Chevron, and on the right is the best restaurant in town. Even after it changed hands in the 60s or early 70s, I'm not sure which, is always the best restaurant in town. Moving on down the road, going west. There's the drugstore on the right, and then the Texaco. And on the left, the hardware store, and a grocery store. And then Doc, the dentist, his building. And on the right is my dad's old grocery store. And next to him is the Ford Garage. 
Then on the right, right next to the Ford garage, is my dad's new grocery store. And on the left, the old variety store. Later on, it was Dave's family's insurance agency. And on the right, the best Western store there ever was. And then a motel. Keep on traveling to the west, no more than 30 miles an hour. And on the left, there's a motel. And on the right, there's a bakery. Later, it became an insurance agency. And then on the right, next to that, is a laundromat. And in the same building, a 24-hour bar and cafe. You could always go in there. I don't care what time of day it was. An old wart would be cooking in the back. And then on your right is a motel. On the left there's an office supply store. And then on the right is the Conoco. And the left there's a restaurant. Later to become a liquor store. And on the right a bank. And then another bank. That earlier was the Stone Lodge and Garage. Before that was dozed and the new bank was built. And on the left was the bowling alley. I believe it's a feed store now. And upstairs was a 3-2 beer place that really was rocking. A lot of memories were made there for a lot of people. And then on the left, next to the bowling alley, is Pete's. And next to him was Stella's with a world-famous Stella burger. The most famous hamburger next to the quarter pound of cheese there ever was, at least in my mind. And on the right was the Grand Bar, and that's where you make your UE, and you do the whole thing again, back and forth, and back and forth, especially on a Friday or Saturday night. But it didn't matter. If you went downtown, you went all the way to the end of town, and you turned to Yui and did the whole thing again, at least once before you went home. Main Street in the town I was raised was an amazing place for me. It definitely had the look and feel of a town much larger than 500 people. That little town had three grocery stores, several bars and restaurants, all kinds of motels, and in the old days, a couple of hotels. It had hardware stores and gamble stores and dry cleaners and laundries. It had clothing stores and variety stores and churches, but there were no fast food restaurants. And I just gave you a glimpse of a probably about a five or six block area of town. That doesn't count the outskirts of town or the businesses that were off of the main street. That main street was really, when I went downtown, it was almost like a family reunion for me. So many businesses were owned by relatives of mine. The pool hall my grandfather owned, and he owned it until I was probably a very early teenage boy, where he sold it and the ladies' dress shop went in there. I have talked about going in the pool hall when I was a boy, and my grandpa would always kind of run me out. It was not a place for little kids. They sold beer there, and guys would hang out and play pool. Or In the old days, there were slot machines 
there. And I remember the day he sold it, we had a big party for our family there. And so we all got to play pool and run around, and the slot machines were long gone by then. But it was a fun time. But the ladies' dress shop was also owned by some kind of shirt-tail relation of mine on my grandmother's side of the family. Then there was the gamble store. Originally, clear back in the day when I was a very little boy, my Uncle Victor owned the gamble store. After a few years, he sold the store to my friend Keith's family. And Keith and I would go in there to see his dad. And Keith's dad and Jill's dad worked that store. And there was always this great big German shepherd there. Now, I liked the dog, and the dog liked me, but the dog was bigger than me. And I always thought that that dog would be scary if you were afraid of dogs. Later, my Uncle Sam bought that store. The way that happened is right next door to it, my Uncle Sam and Uncle Jim owned a dry cleaners. And I'm not sure exactly what happened or how it came to pass, but my Uncle Jim moved to Salt Lake to have dry cleaners there. My Uncle Sam bought the gambles. Later, Uncle Jim and Aunt Donna moved back to my town, and they built a brand new dry cleaners and spent years and years there. The Conico station was owned by, I think, my second cousin, Alvy, and his wife, Kay. They also owned a little motel right where you made the U-turn on the west end of town. The barber shop, the one without the one-armed barber, was owned by my Uncle Clifford. And that was a busy barber shop. That was back in the day when people got a haircut every two weeks. Maybe they're doing that again when you see these haircuts anymore. But I know at one time he had three chairs going. Always two chairs, at least. And he was a good barber. We had a little bit of static between the two of us when the Beatles hit the scene and I decided I was going to grow my hair long. And, of course, I was quite the advocate for long hair. And I didn't understand that my uncle was trying to make a living. But it's all good, and it was all good eventually once I got a little older and got a little smarter. The grocery store, of course, was owned by my dad, one of three grocery stores in town. And there was a grocery store actually almost right across the street from my dad. When I was a little boy, my dad would make me go across the street and check the prices of a couple items about once every other week or something. And the guy that owned it, he was a little grouchy and he wasn't very friendly. He never ran me off and let me do my thing and he knew what I was doing. Later, he sold the store to another guy that had boys about my age and I'd still have to go over there and he was much nicer to me. He kind of even helped me out. He knew what I was doing. I wasn't keeping it a secret because I had learned long before that they knew what I was up to. The other grocery store in town, my dad and him were friends and if one of them ran out of lettuce before their truck day, They'd either loan or sell wholesale lettuce to the other one or vice versa. And they kept that relationship all the years that my dad was in business. 
It was a good relationship. Of course, my dad did not like if people traded with him, but that was just competition. The way my dad got to that town is he came from Nebraska. And in Nebraska, I had a great uncle, my dad's uncle. And my uncle Charlie and a man named Francis decided to go in business together and buy an old five and dime there in town. So they moved from Nebraska and my Uncle Charlie was very, very ill and he couldn't come right at the first. So my dad came in his place and they made new shelving and got the store ready to open and opened it. And somewhere along the line, they made it a Westernware store from an old five and dime. That's how my dad got to town. And after Uncle Charlie healed, he came and then my dad went and did other stuff and eventually had the grocery store. Old Jay that I mention all the time, buying shoes and boots and all that stuff from him. Him and my dad were very good friends. Jay was much younger, but they had to be bunkmates there when they first moved there. Francis and Elaine It must have been a two-story, two-bedroom job on the second story of the store building. So they lived upstairs and went downstairs and ran the store. There's also a motel called Bill's Modern Court that is owned by some cousin of my mother's. And the only thing I can figure when it says Bill's Modern Court is it must have been so old that indoor plumbing was kind of a novelty. It wasn't a every building thing back then when it was built, and this had modern indoor plumbing, and so they put it right on the name. So I couldn't go anywhere without having a family member know what I was doing, seeing a family member, trading with a family member, and it was really kind of a unique, good experience for me. In fact, I didn't know any different. I figured probably everyone somehow was related to me in that town, which wasn't true, but it was a good experience for me. I grew up in that town and eventually owned a business there myself, and then the town went through a very hard time and we moved to the Midwest. But I've been back, I go back periodically, and the town has rebounded quite nicely. There are more than 500 people there anymore, and the second homes that people have built around there because of the beautiful scenery and wonderful area have created a a whole different industry as far as tourism and things don't just shut down in the winter anymore. It's a good place to be raised. It's a good place to spend a childhood. I can't even imagine being raised and growing up anywhere else. Wherever you were raised, I know there's a special place in your heart for that. Maybe you still live in that area. Maybe you've moved away and you hold on to some memories. Maybe your family's still there or maybe they're all gone. Most of my family are gone from that area now. It's amazing because we were almost pioneers of that place. There were so many of them that lived there so long. And now I just have a few that live there. Thank you for traveling with me down old Red Dirt Hill, dipping into that valley, driving down Main Street, making a U-E and driving back up. I appreciate you riding along. Kindness is something that you have to do, if for nobody else but yourself. 
I'll be back next Wednesday.